it's fun to, to have just the body of Christ share and strengthen the body of Christ. Um, you're going to get bored if it's just me speaking up here all the time. It's why I'm not speaking up here all the time. Uh, I'm not meant to speak here all the time. Uh, I, would say, I was telling our, uh, our interns, like, if I'm up speaking every Sunday, like, it might be really good the first time. Like, oh, that's awesome. But it's kind of like, like pepperoni pizza. You know, it's good. But when you have it every week, you're like, is there anything else? Is there another flavor? <laughs> and so I feel like it's so important just even with the body of Christ. It's why, there's, uh, it's why you have a five-fold ministry. It's not a one-fold ministry. It's not pastors that are to lead. It's the five-fold ministry. And, and so it's in that that there's an equipping of the church. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so anyway, thank you. You guys, I, I feel like more and more, we wanna, I want to hear uh, just the things that are on your heart. I feel like there's every one of us, and it says like when you come into a gathering, come with something to bring. It's kind of like when you come to a family gathering and you're going to, you know, family meal together, uh, like you're kind of expected to bring something, right? You don't just kind of come and, hey, what, what you got? Like, no, everybody comes with a meal. Everybody comes with something. To eat. Yeah, it's the potluck. And so I, I feel like, like there has to be some order to it. And, and so I, I feel like, like, okay, God's put me in a place, not to like control, but just to, to set order. And, um, and, but my heart is to see the body of Christ uh, rise up, uh, that you guys are all a part of this and that together, man, we, this is where we get to encounter uh, like the different parts of the body and, and see like the importance of every part of the body working together. Uh, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> I kind of shared a lot, some of the things that I felt like were on, on the Lord's heart for today, and, and I'm talking about the dwelling place. By the way, if you missed last Sunday, I would highly encourage you to go back and, and watch. Uh, Marcus did an amazing job of really laying out uh, the, the, the dwelling place uh, and the heart of the Lord from the very beginning to the very end, from Genesis to Revelation, and, and seeing these different uh, things that the Lord did all throughout, but it's always on the dwelling place. And, uh, and again, when you boil it all down, when you look at the whole purpose of, of why God created man, why we're here, the overall calling on our life, although there's callings and there's giftings and there's things that we're to do on the earth and everybody's to play their part, but at the end of the day, we are to be a dwelling place for the Lord. If you're not a dwelling place for the Lord, it's not going to end well. <laughs> uh, but it's, we're to be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit to rest in us and on us and through us. And, and, and there's an individual aspect to this, and then there's a corporate aspect to this. And I, this is what I just felt like I, I want to share a little bit. So you've, Marcus really hit on this like understanding the Father's heart, taking us through the Word from beginning to end and, and going, okay, this is the dwelling place that the Lord wants to establish. I, I want to just kind of hit it from a different angle here. One, and I think you got to hear my heart in this, is that this understanding of we see the Father's heart from the very beginning of like why He created the heavens and the earth. And, and, it's, and it's all for, it's, it's so that He would create mankind to actually be his resting place to dwell in. Um, I, I was just blown away. I was just kind of just spending time with the Lord <clears throat> these past few days and just preparing my heart. And, uh, and as I was in Genesis, man, it was just hitting me in a whole new way of God's love for us, so much so that he would go through all these other days, and they weren't just days. I think a day is just a thousand years. Who knows? I don't know if a day was a day. Let's not go there. Uh, but, but regardless, he was, he, was he was the architect building this beautiful place for us to live, that he loves us that much. And then, and then that part where he creates, when, when he creates the animals, and then he comes back, and it's like, I saw this, it's like, he's like, Adam, come here. All right. And he sits down with Adam, and he goes, I want you to name all the animals. I could, God could have done it. God could have 
like named all the animals. And it wasn't just names. It wasn't like, well, that's a zebra and that's a... It, when he was naming them, he was actually declaring what they were and, and, and speaking to, okay, this is the purpose of this one. This is the purpose of that one. He was naming their, their identity of who these animals were. And, and he sat alongside mankind and mankind named the animals and said, well, that's going to be this, and this is going to be this. And I just saw this beauty of it, like that the Lord would actually give that to man to actually say, yeah, you bring, we're even play, we played a part in the creation uh, because God gave us that opportunity to do that uh, for mankind to actually play that part. What a beautiful thing. And, and, then, and then now that his whole purpose is that that we are that dwelling place, and, uh, and we're becoming that dwelling place. Uh, I, I was, I believe, if you look at it kind of like a, this is not theologically correct, so just bear with me on this. I, I'm not backing this up with the word. I just, but I just kind of saw this in a way where um, part of it is theologically correct. <laughs> we are the living stones, right? And, and the Lord is, is building up a temple, uh, he's building up a dwelling place for him. It talks about this in Ephesians. And, and this is the corporate side of it, the importance of the corporate side of it. And, and I believe this is where when we capture the heart of the Father and we see his desire for this dwelling place, that there's a, there's a longing to go after those that don't know Jesus, to reveal the heart of the Father to them. Why do we want to reveal Jesus? Because they're to be living stones that are part of this dwelling place, part of the temple that is being built to be this living temple that is being built to become the dwelling place of God. And, and so even in this, like, no one knows the day or the hour, right? Jesus doesn't know the day or the hour. The Holy Spirit doesn't know the day or the hour. Only the Father knows the day or the hour uh, of when, when it's like, okay, it's time. It, and I believe it's like, this is the part I was like, I don't know if this is theologically correct, but I, I just see in this is like, I think we're building this temple. We're building this dwelling place. And, and the Lord's not going to allow it not to be completed in a sense, that he wants a completed dwelling place for him to rest. And obviously, not everyone's going to say yes. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that are going to say, nope, that's not for me. Uh, I'm not going to follow after the Lord, and I don't want Jesus. But I believe that there is, there is a dwelling place that the Lord is actually establishing through people. And then there will come a day when he will return. And, and that's, like, that's the dwelling place. Now, then you can take it into the millennial, and I'm not going to get into that. I'll let Marcus talk more about that uh, into the thousand years because I think there is a continuation of this dwelling place. Uh, but, but there is something so beautiful about what the Lord desires to do in and through his people. And uh, so to know how important we are in this, in this storyline, yet to realize that it's all for him, that we're created for him. He created us in his image, in his likeness, but we're created for him. And so that we don't get caught up in ourselves we get caught up in him, and we, we get caught up in him, we see the value of the body of Christ and the beauty of the, of the body of Christ and even the different pieces that we play. It's not like, I know when you look, think of it as stones, it's like we're all just these stones, but I love how the word also talks about it as like as this body, and together we're the fullness of Christ. And each of us, this is why we want to honor and love, like especially the, like people that maybe are so different from you, that God actually created them in his image and so that we would see them in that way as a, as a dwelling place and as part of the body of Christ and so that we would honor and love. This is the importance of loving one another. Why? Because we're, we're one. We're a body. And if, and if there's two parts of the body that aren't getting along, what is that called? An, called like an autoimmune disease where it actually like comes against itself the body attacks the body. Uh, if you've ever had an autoimmune disease, it actually, it's not, not a fun thing. Uh, and, and the body actually comes against the body, and it can destroy the body. 
And, uh, and, and I, I see like that division, and this is why God hates division. Uh, he hates it. He actually <laughs> calls it a, an abomination. Um, it, you know, it says there's six things he hates and seven that are detestable. I believe it's the seventh that's detestable. The seventh one, it talks about in Proverbs, is that division. It's the division of the, of the, of the body of Christ. And, uh, and the Lord hates it. Why? Because he desires this dwelling place. He desires a body that loves one another, that is together, and it doesn't have an autoimmune disease. Uh, the, the body of Christ right now, sadly, it's like, man, it does have an autoimmune disease. <laughs> I, I think I said, I won't ask you to raise your hand this time, but I know a couple months ago I was talking about something like this, and I just said, hey, who of you have been hurt in the church? And I think every hand went up. And it was like, oh my gosh, that the body of Christ, like this is that division. And the Lord's like, no, I'm calling us to love and not to divide. He says, says this, he goes, if, if you say you love God and yet you hate your brother, the love of God is not in you. It's in 1 John. It's a, it's a heavy thing. He's like, you cannot hate someone else and, and say that you love the Lord. You can't. It, it actually doesn't work because we're created in the image of God. And so when you're coming against someone, you're actually coming against God. You're coming against His, his nature, His character, uh, His creation. And so this, I just, this is an important one that as we're being created as this temple, as we're being made as a temple of the Holy Spirit to dwell, that we cannot have bitterness, anger, hatreds towards one another. It's not an option for the, for the church to, to walk in that, and to have that, to say you love God and yet hate someone. And, and so I know I've talked to a number of people, even like especially with divorce, uh, and, and I have seen it. I have seen it take people down uh, so quickly where they, they step into a situation like that, whether it's divorce or, or maybe it's just, you know, someone coming against someone else. And all of a sudden they take this, this, like, this offense, they take this thing on and it creates a barrier and they think that they're in the right. And, uh, and I've, I've been there as well. So, I mean, but this is where we allow the Lord to, to convict us, the Holy Spirit to convict our heart um, in those areas. If there's an area in your heart where there's bitterness or anger towards someone or hatred towards someone, like, get rid of it. Get it out. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in you and to, to I mean, it's not, it may not be like a, okay, I did it. And you're like, well, I can't, let me say, it's, it's not a feeling. Sometimes we think, well, I mean, I hear people say, like, married couples, you know, that are not doing well. It's like, well, I just, I'm not in love anymore. Like, love is not a feeling. The love of God that it talks about in the Bible is actually a place of surrender, of giving up your life. So, the, the, I mean, this is 1 John 3. It says that, that it's, this is love, that Christ died for us, gave his life for us. So we must do that with our brothers and sisters. So we must do the same thing. So love is not like, well... I love them because they're, you know, we get along well. And No, love is a laid down position. Why? It has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with that person. It has to do with Christ. And if he first loved us, then we are commanded to love as he loved. And he's not doing it just as a command because it sounds like a good command. He's doing it because he wants to create a dwelling place. And unless you walk in his ways, unless we walk in that obedience to his ways, we will not create that dwelling place for him. That I think the church has been too kind of lackadaisical in some of these things. Um, and I, I'm not coming against the church. I'm just start, I'm saying we got to, I think we need to step into some things where, where we don't allow these things to take root in and of ourselves and in the church. And we call them out. Call people out, not like, don't be a jerk to them, <laughs> because you love them. Because if, if they're to be a part of this, this if they're to be these living stones and part of this dwelling place, 
and there's a, there's a, a hatred and an anger in there, it, it causes a disruption in the body of Christ. It doesn't, if your finger hurts, it affects the whole body, right? Have you ever like been hammering something and then you miss the nail and hit your finger? Like, it's not like, oh, that finger hurts, I'll just keep going. Like the whole body stops, right? Sometimes words come out, things happen. <laughs> All of a sudden it shifts the atmosphere. Because of one little finger. And you're like, that's just a little finger. No, when you smash that little finger, everything shifts. Everything changes. And it's like this with the body of Christ. You think that, well, that's just my issue. I'm just dealing with that. And, and if I want to like, be like that, then I'll do that. You are affecting the entire body of Christ. It's not... It, and, and the Lord, it says this. It says, your body is not your own. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price. So that's where I say, like, get over yourself. Stop. It's not about you. Stop getting offended at things. Stop feeling like, woe is me. Like, how could they do this to me? This is where we take on the attitude of Christ. And I just want to encourage us, man, that we're in a time right now we cannot afford to allow anger, bitterness, offenses to come into our life and to affect our life. He's calling his church to rise up in this time. And I believe there's an authority coming on the church like we've never seen before. He's pouring out his spirit like never before. But he also demands holiness. He also demands that we walk in with righteousness, that we live our lives holy. Uh, there's a scripture. Okay, let me go here first, and then I'm going to go to Ephesians uh, 4. Because I, I want you to make sure you hear this. Because I'm going to talk about obedience and the commands and all these things. But don't, don't take this the wrong way. It's all Christ. <laughs> and and there is, it's his grace, it's his love. But there is also the commands that we are to walk in and, and that he demands that we walk in. But, but sometimes this can actually get twisted and turned into legalism and, and like a, a self-righteousness. Where it's like, well, I'm... I'm doing everything right, and uh, I'm living right. Um, and we can never live like that because one of the keys is humility, <laughs> that it's all dependent upon him. It's all because of the blood of Jesus. It's all because of what he's done for us, that in and of ourselves, there's no way that we have access to the Father. And Galatians 3 talks about this. This was, he was dealing with uh, kind of like the, the pharisaical uh, and religious like leaders even of that time, and it says, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Uh, before, you your very, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified, and I would like to learn just one thing from you. <laughs> and here was the question. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? And then he says, you are so foolish. Because what they were doing is they were, they were basing it on the law. They were going back to the law and using that and saying, well, if we, just, if we just focus on the commands, then we can get there. And he's like, no, don't be foolish. This is all about Jesus. Uh, it, he's the head. We're the body. He's the cornerstone. We're the, we're, the, we're the living stones. Without the cornerstone, without the head, there is no, there is no dwelling place. When Jesus returned and came, he... He, he became the, the, the first fruits. He became the foundation of the dwelling place for us to live, which, which is so beautiful. Actually, I want to show you something. We're going to end quickly here. Uh, but uh, in First Chronicles, this is just really cool. I, in First Chronicles 17, uh, so I'm going to read it. This is where uh, Marcus talked a little bit about this last week, uh, but David had this heart to create a dwelling place. He, he had the Father's heart, right? He's, he was a man after God's own heart. And he had the heart of the, of the Father, and he's like, I need to create, we need to create a dwelling place. I want to create a dwelling place. And, uh, and it's interesting because you get uh, Nathan responds and he says, this is what the Lord says, you are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. Uh, there will come another. 
And, uh, and I'm going to skip down. So I was in, that's in 17, First uh, Chronicles 17.4. But down in 17.10, part B, kind of, uh, he says this. And this is the Lord speaking here. It says, I declare to you, well, this is Nathan speaking for, on the Lord's behalf. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. This is the beauty of what, what God desired. And he says, I will build a house for you. When your days are over and you go to be with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Some people think that was Solomon. This is not referring to Solomon. Uh, Solomon did build build a house, uh, but it didn't last. Uh, it, it's, it was not the dwelling place that the Lord is referring to here. Uh, he was referring to Jesus in this. And, uh, and so Jesus as the offspring of David in the line of David, both if you look, uh, you know, if you look at Luke and you look at Matthew and you see the lineage, one of them, uh, Matthew is actually of, of uh, Joseph. Luke the lineage there is actually of Mary, and, uh, and they both have David in there, but you'll see at, at one point they're totally different uh, because uh, Luke is actually referring to the lineage of, of Mary. <clears throat> and so it's, it's so cool. Just I mean, you go back and just see how the Lord orchestrates things and put things together. But, uh, so what he's saying here, he goes, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your very own sons, <clears throat> and I will establish his kingdom, and it says, and he is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. <laughs> you got to love this, as David is getting to hear the very heart of the Father and what Christ was going to do when he came to the earth, and he's hearing this many, many years before uh, this actually came to be, and it says, and I will be his father, and he will be my son, and I will never Take my love away from him, as I took it away from your predecessor. And I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever, and his throne will be established forever. Like, that's beautiful. This is the heart of the Father, and he's revealing it to David because David had his heart. And, I, and then I love just a couple verses, like in verse 23, David doesn't just go, wow, that's, that's awesome, Lord. Uh, <clears throat> like, that's great. What he does, he does the very same thing that Mary did when the angel came to, to Mary and said, hey, you're going to have a son, and his name is Emmanuel, and, and, and he's, you are going to birth Jesus. <clears throat> and, and Mary responds. He didn't, didn't just say, well, that's great. It was, no, let it be so according to your word. And so the very things that were spoken, there was the response by Mary. And what I see here, and it's so important, is this is the response of David to the very heart of the Father to have this kingdom be raised up and this dwelling place be established in the lineage of David. And David responds and he says, And now, Lord, let the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house be established forever. Do as you promised so that it will be established and that your name will be great forever. I want to just encourage you just in that right there. That there are things that the Lord is speaking uh, to you in these times. Don't just sit them on a shelf uh, th and say, well, if the Lord wants to do it, he'll do it. In uh, Corinthians, it talks about this. It says, it says uh, for all God's promises are yes, in Christ, but it's to the spoken amen by us. And this is that partnership that we have with the Lord where he will declare things, he will speak things. But there is a part that we play in that. And, and I feel sometimes, and you're going, well, why isn't, you know, the Lord said this and he, he said this was going to happen in my life and this, it's not happening. I think sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes it could be because you actually haven't come into an agreement with the very word of the Lord. Um, that, that is faith. Faith is, uh, it, it is, it's hearing, and then it's hearing by the word. 
So when we hear the word of the Lord, we actually step into faith, into an agreement with it. And then there's actually often a, an obedience part to it that we, it says faith without works is dead, right? So um, a lot of times we just kind of go, well, if I believe it. Well, if you believe it, there's often an action involved with it. There's often a step that's required. Um, you can go back and just look at Hebrews 11. And it's amazing uh, just to see that all these men and women of the faith, like they didn't, it wasn't just faith. It wasn't just, well, they just that we just have faith. No, they had faith in something that the Lord had actually told them was going to happen. And then they engaged in it. They stepped into it. And, and they, they walked in it. <coughs> um, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go there today. It was just, but, but I, but I want to encourage you that faith actually requires action. It requires a response to the Lord. And it requires an obedience to step into things. And in that, there are promises. And I believe a lot of them are for today. And the reason why they're not happening is because we haven't actually responded to them. We haven't actually stepped into faith. We haven't actually engaged in, in partnership with what God actually wants to do in this time. And, and there's almost like a kind of a, like a laziness of, in the church or a lackadaisical attitude of, well, God, what, you're going to do what you're going to do. And, and it's not how it works. Uh, there is a partnership to step into an agreement to live. We, it says the righteous will live by faith. Well, how do we live by faith? We have to hear the word of the Lord, and then we move according to it. And if you're not, if you're like, well, I don't even know what the Lord's saying, then quit your job, set everything aside. No. <laughs> Maybe don't quit your job. But it is so important. It is number one that you hear the Lord. And, and I know sometimes like people will come up to me and say, hey, will you pray over me or prophesy, and I, I just need to hear from the Lord? And I always go, no. I will not. <laughs> I'll pray for you, but I'm going to pray that you actually hear the Lord. Uh, because every, we, we need to hear the word of the Lord. If, if, we're, if you're a sheep, it says the sheep hear my voice. And so if you're not hearing his voice, then I, I think contend for his voice. Because he wants to reveal his heart to you. Uh, this, I, I, I was seeing it like this. I've kind of, we've been having some conversations with the, the uh, interns about some of this stuff. But... Um, God is always talking. He is always speaking to us. The question is, is are we tuned in? It, right now, in this place, um, if, I had a, if I had a radio, you guys know what a radio is? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, could, I, I could tune into a radio station from right here and you would hear music or hear somebody speaking. Um, and all I have to do is tune into it and have speakers. A and you could hear something. That's, there's sound waves. There's waves right now that are in this place that all I got to do is tune into it, and it's right here. Right? It, it's already available to me. The question is, is, is am I tuned into it? And I, I believe it's the same way just with the Holy Spirit that... Sometimes we're like, well, I just, I'm not hearing them. And it's like, well, because we're so busy and we've got all the distractions and all the noises and all the things going on that we're not actually tuned into him. We're, we're not hearing his voice, not because he's not speaking, but because we're not listening. Because we're on the wrong channel or what we're, a lot of times is we're just hearing static. Just, right? And you're like, I just can't hear anything. And this, I believe this takes this place of, like you're, you want to tune in, which means you've got to set everything aside and just begin to spend time with him. And, and it's like, and it's, you may not hear it clearly. It's like you may be like, ah, I've got, I've got some sound. I've got it. You know, when the, in a, the old radios, before the digital ones, if you remember back in the day, you know, you had to turn the dial and the little thing would move a little bit. And it's like you had to get it just right. And if it was off, like you could hear it, but it was like crackly and uh, until, you, like, until you really dialed it in and got it just right. Now it's all digital, you know, it's like, dunk, dunk. But, uh, but I think it's that same thing. It's like, okay, yeah, I can hear the, I, I think I'm hearing the Lord now. It's like, it's a little crackly. And then we just, we just begin to hone in we, and we begin to hear that voice. And, uh, 
I was saying, like, when I pray for people now, um, like, I am hearing the voice of the Lord much more than I was even a couple years ago. And, and it's like the more and more I spend time with him, the more and more I hear his voice, and, and I'm hearing it for others. And, and I mean, you know, before a couple, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I, like, I would pray for someone and be just like, well, I just pray a blessing over you. Now, like, I mean, it's so awesome. And, it's, and it's, it, I'm not bragging or anything. It's just as I'm spending time with the Lord, I know his voice. And so I will speak things into people that are specific, like really specific. And, and, it's, and I know it's his voice. I know. And even when they deny it, I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay, how did you know that? And it's like, no, it's not what I know. I'm just hearing the voice of the Lord. And I want to hear his voice. And I need to hear his voice all the time. And I, I don't, I'm not, stay, I, I need to be down here with you. I'm not doing this like better than you. I'm, I don't have this all figured out. I, I'm processing through this and pressing into this just like you guys are. Uh, but I'm contending for it. I want to hear his voice more and more and more. Uh, when I go and pray for someone, and I want to prophesy over their life, and I want to see them set free. I want, to, I want to have that Isaiah 61 anointing on me to set people free. And, and it comes from a place of a dwelling place, of allowing myself to, to get rid of all the distractions, the things that are not of the Lord, and that he, could, he can move in and through me the way he wants to move in and through me. Does that make sense? Uh, what's that? Oh. Okay. You want to just share it? Okay. Okay. I was sitting, praying up here while we were worshiping, and you're probably wondering why she why she's still sitting there. So he kept telling me to do something, and I at first you're like. Is that you? And all this stuff comes rushing in, why you shouldn't, and how come, and this is going to happen, and why should I do this? And finally, I would just get quiet, and I'd say, is that you, Lord? And why, sh really? Should I really do this? And he says, yes, this is an act of your faith. Step out. This is me, and this is an act of your faith. So I said, all right, Lord, I want to obey, and I'm going to step out in faith. So here's what I'm going to do. Come on. She's taking her boot off. So it was perfect. I said, where's my cue? And he said, this is it because you're talking about hearing him, obeying and having faith. So he says, take off your boot and run. And he said, okay, I'm going to do There's my faith. Step out. Listen to him. It's okay. Don't be afraid. He's with you. He's got you. And oh my gosh, I didn't feel my knees. I didn't feel my feet. He's like, I'm walking on air. And so thank you, Jesus, and thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> oh, awesome. God. <laughs> Come on. When someone wants to take the mic, I'm always a little hesitant. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, the Lord is doing healings, by the way. He, he's, it's what he does. Yeah. Tell you what, if anyone just needs a healing right now, would you just lift up your hand? Yeah. And so, Lord, just, just as we just saw a healing right here, Lord, I just thank you right now. Uh, just, as the, just even with the hand lifted up, Lord, we just say, Lord, release your healing. Release your healing power to every person in this place, to everyone who needs healing. Lord, that it's that, that they can reach up, grab that, and take hold of, of the very thing that you have. And if there's something that you would have for them to do, Lord, I thank you you're going to speak to them. 
you're going to show them whatever it is. It may not be take it off, the boot off and run. It could be something completely different. Lord, all we want to do is hear your voice. And, and when you speak, it doesn't always make sense. It often doesn't. Like you don't take, a, you don't take down a, an enemy by walking around a uh, Jericho for six days and then, and then on the seventh day walking around it seven times. We don't do things because it, of, of reasoning. We do things because when we hear the voice of the Lord, we know how good he is. We know how faithful he is. And we walk in radical obedience to what he calls us to do. Make sure you're hearing the voice of the Lord. <laughs> and sometimes maybe you need the confirmation of others. And okay, can you pray with me in this? Uh, but when we hear the voice of the Lord, but I thank you that we can move in that and we see power. We see you move in glory. So I just thank you for healing in this place. Lord, we say just as hands are raised, Lord, release your healing across this place right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory. <laughs> okay, you can hold me to this. I'm going to wrap up here in like just a couple minutes. We'll be done in five. Um, so we've talked about, I think, the, the, this holiness. Let me just speak to this very quickly. I'm going to just blast through this. Take some notes if you would, and then you can go back through and, and just read things in greater detail. Um, but holiness and and Actually, I'll just talk to these two together. Holiness and obedience go hand in hand. And, and I don't think we realize the importance of obedience. Uh, obedience to the commands of God and, and to, to the commands of Christ, the things that he speaks to us. And ultimately, the big one is that we would love. We love God with all our hearts, mind, and strength. We love one another, and it's a laid-down sacrificial love, that love that we have for others. But there are... There are other commands. Don't just stop with two and go, well, that's all I need. Uh, there's a reason why at the end of Matthew, when Jesus commissions us, the great, it's called the Great Commission, he's, part of that commission was to teach them to obey all my commands. He didn't say the one command, all my commands. And, and I want to say is when we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's moving through us, those, it says that those commands are not burdensome. They're actually, it's actually the thing that sets us free. Uh, when we lay down our lives and when we walk with radical obedience, there is a freedom that we actually have. Outside of that, outside of that radical obedience, we're not living in freedom. If you're not walking... God doesn't go, I need you to, I want you to do this, 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 just because he's God and he just wants to rule. He does this. He sets these things in place because it's the very best. His commands, his ordinances, his, the things that he has set in place, it's the very best for us. And he knows the very best. And he's like, do as I command you. He goes, if you, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And if you don't obey my commands, then my love will not remain with you. But if you obey my commands, my, my love will actually remain with you. You'll remain in my love. And, and so what's crazy is I see people and they're like, well, I, I love God, but I'm doing this. I'm going in this way. And, and, and they know it's not, it's not God's best. They know it's not God's plan. And, and, and eventually it catches up to you. It may not catch up to you like this week or next week or the week after that, but it will catch up to you. Uh, and, and when it does, it'll be, it'll be an awakening. Um, let me take you back to Leviticus, and then we'll, I don't want to close on Leviticus. <laughs> give, me, give me grace to go one extra minute here. Um, Leviticus is a hard one, but, but uh, I want you to see this. Um, Leviticus 26, in uh, verse 11 and 12. Um, oh, I'm like, that's Exodus. That doesn't look right. Leviticus 26, 11, 12, it says this. This is where we see the heart of God. And, and, and you can read through this whole thing. There's a, it, 
the kind of the headings of this in Exodus 20 or in Leviticus 26, <clears throat> there's a reward for obedience. And then it talks about the punishment for disobedience. Uh, and, and I think we go, well, that's old, that's old Testament. That's old covenant. Uh, if you read through the new covenant, if you read through the new Testament, it goes the same way. Uh, it's the very same thing. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually change. There's a blessing in obedience, but when you walk in disobedience to the ways of the Lord, you're actually out of His will. Uh, you're actually moving. Uh, it, it actually calls those that walk in that place, it says that they are wicked. So disobedience to God's ways, to His commands, there's, it's a wickedness of man. Uh, and it's a harsh term, but He... he he is demanding that we walk in obedience to him. <laughs> Got some, some rowdy ones here. So it says this in, in, in Leviticus 26.11, it says, I will put my dwelling place among you. This is the Lord's heart. And I will not abhor you. He says, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. But then now if you go down to verse 14, right after that, it says, but if you don't listen to me, and you don't carry out these commands, and if you reject my decrees, and if you abhor my laws, and if you fail to carry out my commands, and you violate my covenant, then he says, then I will do these things. And I won't go into those things right now. Uh, you can read Leviticus 26. Uh, but even in that place, as he does those things, he's not doing those things in a place of punishment just to like hammer us over the head. What he's actually doing is he's longing for us to change our ways. And so he's like, I'm going to turn my face against you. I'm going to back my hand off from you because I don't want you to walk in those ways. And then when you experience like the not so good things, the hope is that you turn from your ways and begin to walk in his ways. And so where we are today in the church, it's amazing how there's like this acceptance of sin in the church. And it's not okay. It's not okay to walk in sin. And now, does it mean like, will we sin and can we stumble? Absolutely. And then what do we do? We repent, we turn, we run to the Lord, we run into His grace, but His grace is not a license for sin. And, and there's an illiteracy too in the church where they're like, people don't know the commands of Christ. They don't even understand. And they're going, and I've heard it said like, well, I wish my pastor would, would preach that. And I, I, I just want to encourage you, like, how many of you have a Bible? Then it is your response. You have the very word of God. Every word, every command of God that he has given us uh, in his word is right there. And, and I guarantee you, when that day comes, when when. Christ stands before us on that day, on the judgment day. It's not going to work very well for you to go, well, my pastor didn't tell me. It's like, did you have a Bible? Was it right there? Well, yeah, but, but that's not for me to read. That's for, like, the pastor to tell me, and then I'll just follow along, <laughs> right? So I just want to encourage you, man, we, have to, we need to be in his word all the time. We need to know his ways Get to know his nature, his character. And, and I, this is like the compass that sets things. Like I, I may hear something, and, and this is the thing that kind of that confirms it, that lines it up. If I hear something that doesn't line up with this, then, then I'm like, okay, that can't, that's not the Lord. That's not his heart. Um, so this is that, that kind of like that true north that just keeps everything in. There is, there is, we are to hear the word of the Lord. We're here to hear his rhema word. But to also have... His word in our heart, that this is a, a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. This is the very thing. It, it guides us uh, in the season that we're in and the times that we're in. So, um, okay. So anyway, oh, there's more, but we'll, we'll hit it on other times here. Uh, yeah. So there's, I feel like what the Lord wants to just hit right now is this, this individual part that we're to play. Um, and that in that that together we become the body of Christ. Uh, but play your part and realize how important it is. Would you guys stand up?
Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now. <clears throat> the very things that are on your heart, Lord, I pray that you would reveal them in greater measure to us. The, the John 17 prayer of oneness was, was a prayer for the dwelling place to be established. When Jesus prayed John 17, he was praying for the dwelling place. That, that, that we would be one. It says this, it says, I have made you known to them and I will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me will be in them and that I myself may be in them, the dwelling place. Lord, I thank you that you have called us, that you set us apart to be a dwelling place for you. Lord, may we contend for this in our lives. Lord, where you tell us to be holy as you are holy. Why? Because you, you, you require the holiness. And then you give us your spirit to actually walk in that holiness. You give us your blood, <laughs> the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all unrighteousness so that we can walk in that place of holiness. Lord, would you teach us your ways in these days? With, with all the things that are going on in the world and and. And we go, well, how do we respond to these things? How do we do this? How do we do that? Lord, we have to hear your voice. We can't reason this out. We can't go, well, I think we should do it this way. No, we need to inquire of the Lord and allow him to move in and through us. And it may not even make sense. But we don't live by, again, we don't live by our own reasoning. We don't, that's not, that's not how we're to live our lives. We're to live our lives in a place of radical faith. We're to live our lives loving one another as you loved us. Laying down our lives. When, when it's easier to take up offense, that we would say, no, I'm going to lay my life down. I'm not going to allow offense to come in. I'm going to forgive them. Just as Jesus was on the cross and said to the very ones who were crucifying him on the cross that he says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, we just say right now in our hearts, Lord, forgive those that have come against us. Forgive those that have hurt us. And Lord, we forgive them. As you have forgiven us, how can we not forgive one another? How can we not let those things go? Lord, teach us in these times, in these days, to love as you loved us. That even when somebody, it says, when someone hits you in the face, you turn the other cheek. That we, we don't need to respond out of a place of justice. We respond out of a place of mercy. That we would love mercy and walk humbly. We act justly. But we don't respond with justice. Or we respond with mercy. And we live our lives out of a place of humility. It says that this is what the Lord requires of us. Why? Because he's creating the dwelling place. So Lord, establish your dwelling place. Lord, I thank you that you're teaching us how to do this. I pray that we would hear your voice. Teach us to tune in to your voice. <laughs> that you are always speaking. That before we respond, because we think we know how to respond, that we would inquire of you. We'd tune into the Holy Spirit. We'd say, Holy Spirit, what do I do? How do I respond to you? Give us a tenderness. Give us your heart. Replace that heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Breathe into us in these days. And Lord, I thank you that as we behold you, there is an increasing measure of holiness in our life. There's an increasing measure of your, of your beauty and your glory within us as we lay our lives down before you. you just grab hands real quick too, just with the people next to you, if, you, if there are people around you? I was just seeing this thing. When you Google the largest organism on earth, it says it's pando. It's, it's this like, uh, <clears throat> these aspen trees, this, this huge organism of aspen trees. Uh, Google's wrong. Because the largest organism 
is it's the body of Christ. It is, and we are united as one by the Spirit of God. He has united us and brought us together. And that is the greatest organism on the face of the earth. And this is what is to become the dwelling place. And so, Lord, I thank you that just as we grab hands, as we hold hands together, Lord, I thank you for this calling upon our lives. Above all else, Lord, that you are calling us to this dwelling place. Let me just close with this. Paul says this, and I declare this over us right now, just as a prisoner of the Lord, that we are, <laughs> we are slaves to righteousness. We are a prisoner of the Lord. We are bondservants to him to obey him radically, to do whatever he calls us to do. And as prisoners of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling, to become a dwelling place, the calling that you have received. And in that, Lord, that as we, as we do this together as one, that we would be completely humble, that we would be gentle with one another, that we would be patient, that we would not be quick to respond, but Lord, that there would be a patience which comes from the Holy Spirit, that there is a bearing with one another in love, and that we would make every effort, <laughs> which means that we go after it with all that we have, with all our strength, with all that we have. We say we're going to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The bond of peace is Jesus. He is our peace. It says that he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. He is the super glue that links us together. And then we have the Holy Spirit that unites us as one. There is one body, Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. So Lord, we thank you for this oneness that you've called us to. We thank you that we respond to the John 17 call, that we would be one as you and the Father are one, Jesus. We say, let it be so. Teach us your ways that we would walk in this and that we would be a temple together we would be a dwelling place in Jesus name and everyone said amen God bless you guys I love you